0: Welcome to the Dynamax Podcast, Maine's
1: premier power and strength sports podcast, from studios in Westbrook, Maine, with your hosts, Matt Israelson and Matt Strong.
0: All right, good evening, folks. Once again, live, Westbrook, Maine, Studio 308. I got Matt Strong and who's this? We got Doc
1: Brown, and I gotta say, just uh, is your first name Doc? No, no, it's
0: Douglas W. Brown, M.D. because
1: okay. <laughs> uh, well, it's funny because I saw your name on the uh, the late the late payment board, there. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw it, and it was under Doc Brown, so I'm like, his name's gonna be just be Doc. I forgot.
2: About that. It works for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, works, yeah, yeah.
1: He's gonna sneak out of here now. That's <laughs> All
0: right, so that's what we got, Matt. Yep. And you got a little background.
1: Yes, we do. But before that, we've yes. got
0: real dates for the meet. We do. November 11th and 12th are the dates for the New England. It's going to be right here. And we'll have entries. I think entries are almost ready to be done electronically right now. And we'll have physical ones going out as well.
1: Yep. Don't forget to renew your APF card. Online. Yep. Um, having it on location makes it easier for everybody, I think.
0: By the way, Doc here. Kind of pioneered that program. They Mike and Emily sharpened it up, but he's the one that came up with that program. We the with the uh,
2: Excel, yes. spreadsheet, yeah, a big spreadsheet yeah. where we could keep keep track of yeah. the weights and the yeah. Pretty they've, yeah. They've, they've
0: they've polished it all up, but he's the one that.
1: Yeah, that's a uh, that's a lot of stuff in there. I, yeah. I had to run. A, I ran the uh, woman's meet, and I was. Yeah. It, I mean, I had to get trained on it first. It's not like I could just pick. What it it up. What was really good up.
2: about it is, by when, when the meet was over, it was like. Boom, boom, boom! When it came time to give the awards and, and to figure out who came in, what it was so easy.
0: And that, yeah, and they—I don't know, because I don't know much about it. I just know they've taken it and yeah. ran with it. Yeah. So.
1: Nice. So thanks to both of you. Yeah, no, it runs smoothly. All right, so, Doc Brown, yeah. what are you a doctor of? Orthopedic surgery. Orthopedic surgery. Yeah. So i bet, i know we have talked about this briefly, just in the walk or what is kind of like the common injuries that you see it's a lot of sports related stuff right
2: yeah in fact i i basically a sports medicine orthopedic surgeon and the subspecialty of sports medicine i got my training in atlanta at the sports medicine clinic down there where the guy used to take care of georgia tech and the atlanta and the entire atlanta public school system which you can imagine was a lot of athletes oh yeah (coughs) and i trained there for a while and then i was a doc at the u.s naval academy in annapolis where, interestingly enough, on any given day, they have 4,300 midshipmen, and women midshipmen. At that time, they were women, too. I'm sorry, 4,300 what? 4,300 students. Oh, okay, yep. All of whom are participating in active athletics every day. Whoa. You have to, mandatory, <coughs> unless you hurt. So it was a great, I was there for two years as one of the team physicians, and it was in addition to taking care of all the major sports teams, Navy football, you had all these uh, athletes who were participating in military training and intramural sports. They had thirty-something football teams. Whoa! Wow! Full-contact football teams.
0: Yeah, sure you including had the, the varsity, though.
2: Yeah, but the thirty-six were each company, which is a hundred people. Yeah. They had their own football team. Full contact. Yeah.
0: That I didn't know.
2: Yeah. Inter- so, it's intramural.
0: So you had that on top of the Navy that plays Army that you see on TV. Oh yeah.
2: Then they had 150 pound football, which was really interesting. They're about some of the Ivy League schools have 150. Oh, pound I football. didn't know that either. You can't weigh over 158 on Thursday night.
1: Wow. They weigh you every time. Yeah. You got to make weight. You got to make week.
2: weight. It's like wrestlers. Now, the, one of the interesting
0: <laughs> things I think you told me is that uh, Belichick's father was there at the time. Is that Belichick's right? Belichick's
2: father was the yeah, uh, I wanna say defensive line coach, I think.
0: Bill Belichick's dad. And wow. so
2: Belichick was around I yeah. mean, I don't remember ever seeing him yeah. but he was a high school student but you me. saw the dad. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I understand you have a pretty I mean, Maddie gave me a little background of you here and it seems like you have a pretty extensive coaching history.
2: Well, I I don't I wouldn't call it that team physician. So much. I was okay. Team, team physician history really is yes. what it okay. is.
0: His coaching was limited to powerlifting
2: championship one time
0: <laughs> in Las Vegas,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have a good record there. So it's Matt. Matt was competing in the world championships, and unfortunately, um, I was really a rookie coach, but his friend who was uh, an unofficial coach. <laughs> we lost track of the competitors. <laughs> so unfortunately, we didn't inform Matt about what he had to do in the next round. I lost
0: the gold medal, but we're still good <laughs> friends. <laughs> he's, standing, he's standing right here, he's standing right here. So. These
2: things happen right <laughs> now. They now. happen in powerlifting, you know. <laughs> so what,
0: you just missed what the, your uh, next uh, jump should have been? Well or I had, didn't know there was, I thought. didn't know there was another there guy? Right <laughs> that close <laughs> to me. Oh. <laughs> so you were kind of sandbagging? There's a the guy shooting? from Finland. Yeah. I thought he, I thought he was way behind, <laughs> And he was right there, and he ended up, <laughs> so uh, and end up, end up taking winning.
2: yeah unfortunately. Yeah.
1: So I'm sorry. So you've been a team uh, physician. Team physician.
2: Yes. Mm, yeah. U.S. Women's National Soccer Team for uh, a while. The Men's National Soccer Team for a while. Um, Portland High School for 37 years. Whoa. Um,
0: Bowden Hockey for 20 plus, I put. Yeah. I think it was about, hockey, by, about right. Yeah.
2: So I've ha- I've logged a lot logged a lot of time on the sidelines, you know, watching coaches and. <clears throat> and I've been an unofficial member of the Dynamax community for. Well, I got you
0: as a charter member.
2: Yeah, I started way 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 back. One of the first. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: and he's competed in a power meet. Yeah. Put right. some decent numbers up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you said uh, you were the uh, the physician for the men uh, men and women's national. Uh, soccer soccer team. team. What was the biggest stage you ever got to with them?
2: Well, you'd have to say the biggest stage was the Men's World Cup in 1990 in Italy. And it's unimaginable. People who know soccer know how big it is in Europe, but to most Americans it's it's the Super Bowl and the World Series all wrapped in one. And it was in Italy, which is a soccer-crazy country. And the U.S. team played Italy in the uh, in Olympic Stadium in Rome, which is right smack in the middle of Rome. Uh, We played the Italian team. The Americans played the Italian team. Lost one to nothing. So it was a close game. Should have could have been a lot higher. But that venue was incredible. You know, it's like the whole country comes to a halt when soccer is being played.
1: Yeah, I remember hearing a a statistic, something like the average soccer game gets more views than the Super Bowl does.
2: That I'm not sure about, those kind of statistics. I know this, that they said that in Italy, (coughs) during that World Cup, 80% of the television sets in Italy watched soccer. And the other 20% were... We're Probably at the game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They say in Brazil, when the Brazil national team Plays the the Brazilian gross national product goes to zero. Nobody works. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now,
0: if you watch the the women's World Cup though, with Mayhem and all those women when they won, you can see him running on the field with them though. So I didn't know the other game was bigger than that.
2: Yeah, the other one was bigger. The men's was game was man. bigger than that women's yeah. World Cup. But that was the biggest sporting event in terms of audience in the history of women's sports. The in the one you were at. Yeah, hundred and hundred and. Well, the Rose Bowl is where it was, and it, the Rose Bowl holds 100,000 people, yeah. but they had not packed in. I think they said it was 101 or 102,000 people, watched women a women's sporting event. That's never happened. Never.
0: That was that whole gang, Mia Hamm and uh, Brandy Chastain yeah. and all those women. Yeah. I met all them. Wow. Yeah. Through you? Yeah. Through Doc? Yeah.
2: Yeah, he came down. We saw a game in... in uh, Boston? The, the Patriots. The Gillette the Patriots Stadium. stadium. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't Gillette then, yeah, whatever it was. I think it was Foxborough. And then uh, they came to our house didn't they? We had a little uh, cookout. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> Not too many people could say that.
2: Yeah, we had a cookout in, in Cape Elizabeth. Yeah.
1: <coughs> so when you were in Italy, yes. obviously those soccer fans are intense. Do, do the does, do the Americans have like traveling fans?
2: Yes. Uh, but not like them. Right. I mean, uh, the American soccer suffers greatly, I think, because it has to compete in the United States with football, basketball, and baseball. And we're having trouble qualifying for the World Cup again this year. They've, they've, they're on the fence. They still the have men? a couple more matches to go. But the men? Yeah. <clears throat> you have to win in your division, and our division is... North America, South uh, North America, Central America, and the Caribbean Islands, and you have to compete with those teams to get an entry. You have to earn your way into the World Cup, and we're on the edge of not qualifying. So, you have to say, in a country with 300 million people, what is it about us that we can't be the best soccer team in the world? It's because we got the best basketball, all right, all the, the, the best football, and the best baseball. In the world. All the freak
1: athletes are going for yeah. baseball right. and football <laughs> and. That's right. Um, so when you're down there in Italy and you've got these super intense fans, are you ever like uh, f- afraid for your life? I never. <laughs> or has had there ever any. been any sketchy situation like that, Or maybe your well, bus actually, took a wrong you know turn? What?
2: I, I did get into a sketchy situation. We, <clears throat> the U.S. played. U.S. fields an Olympic team. Also, they have a World Cup team and they have an Olympic team. The Olympic team is you have to be 23 years and under to play, right? So it's basically a young, a young American team. <coughs> we had to qualify by playing in El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, oh, and that yeah. area. So we traveled to Guatemala. Uh, excuse me, to El Salvador, to San Salvador, the capital city, to play a qualification match. <coughs> and we played in this stadium where there were people up on the hillside. I mean, you never saw so many people in your life. We flew in and we got on a bus at the airport, and in front of us was a U.S State Department security um, SUV, a suburban with machine gun in the, inside the back, and armed guys in that, armed guys behind us. And then we went directly to the hotel in the center of the city, and they whisked us up to the second floor and said, "You're not checking in the normal way. put, him, put us in a room. And we said, well, Jesus, what's all the security? He said, well, some Marines got killed here recently, and uh, it's not safe. And so we had 100 undercover people along the route where you went. You didn't see them, but they were there. They were
1: watching you, keeping you safe. Mm.
2: Yeah, so we played the match, and we got two quick goals, and basically took the crowd and took them out of it. (coughs) After the match, we are in the locker room, and they are pounding on the building. People crowded around. We had to wait two and a half hours in the locker room. We didn't dare come out before we went home. They finally got tired and left.
1: Yeah, it, it started to become uh, drinking time, and yeah, they had to go. Uh, yeah, start worrying about the next one. So, how did you? Uh, I imagine you don't become the physician for the men's soccer national soccer team kind by of, accident.
2: Kind of a lucky uh, break. I. There was a program (coughs) that the U.S. Olympic team ran for physicians and trainers where they brought you to Colorado Springs, where they have a training facility, and they would say, uh, okay, you come here for two weeks, you volunteer your time, we'll watch how you do, and if you do well enough, we'll invite you back for another. And once you pass two or three of those, then you become eligible to be selected to be a team physician for the entire U.S. team at either the Pan American Games or the Winter or Summer Olympics. <coughs> and I got one of those. I, I was the team physician for the what they call the World University Games. And by luck I was assigned to soccer. And the trainer was a good guy and we got along famously as we sat there watching all these games. And he was also a trainer for the Cosmos in New York, the big professional team that had Pele. Yeah, and but what was his name? Oh, yeah, I met him. Yeah, yeah, Matt met him. And Arnold said, we're looking for a guy like you who wants to travel with U.S. soccer. And I'm the guy who picks the Docs, so you're picked. So he called me a couple of months later, and <laughs> the first trip I took was to accompany a 16-and-under team to Russia in the middle of winter to play in an indoor tournament. So, my baptism was uh, going behind, behind the Iron Curtain. This is the, the, the Iron Curtain hadn't come down then. <coughs> we got on a train in Helsinki, Finland. We traveled across the border. The train stopped at the border, and they replaced all of the train crew with Russians. Mm-hmm. And the Russian army guys came on board and they searched through all of our ship, you know, and uh, took away the s- school books from the kids. Whoa. It was really kind of crazy. So anyway, we didn't do very well at the tournament, it was cold, the sun came up at 10.30 in the morning and went down at 2.30 in the afternoon in in, uh, Leningrad, it was awful, awful. (coughs) First thing I did when I got home, I kissed the ground in my driveway. Really? Yeah. Well,
0: (laughs) you see how some people have to live. So, um,
2: have you always been a Mainer? Yeah, I'm from Waterville. Okay. And um, but I'm a maniac. That's what we used to say, right? A maniac. A maniac, right, Matt? Yep. Yeah, I've always been for Maine.
1: <laughs> so you went from so how did you go from you know professional level to the local Portland?
2: Well, I've level? Finished, I finished. I told you I was a team physician at the Naval Academy, and that was my first official job after I finished my training. And I always wanted to come back to Maine because I saw there was a real opportunity in sports medicine. Uh, there wasn't much going on back then in 1980. Sports medicine's a big thing now, but it wasn't then. It was just getting started. And I said, I think I have the best opportunity in here in Maine, and Portland's the biggest city in Maine. Uh, I didn't really want to go back to Waterville. It was smaller, and I like Portland better. So I came here, and I met Matt really early. Uh, I got... I got, uh, my friend was the assistant football coach at Portland High School and he said why don't you come and be on the sidelines, we're looking for a team doc, so I started there in 1980. And then Matt came on board as the strength coach for Portland later on, and we, I don't know how many Saturdays we spent on the sidelines. Friday nights. I mean Friday nights and Saturdays, but uh, for years and years and years. So my acquaintance with Matt. Goes back a long way, and includes Portland High School football.
1: I didn't know that you were the uh, strength coach.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, he got me the gig. Yeah, interesting. Well, actually, you know, Mike Bailey took me on in 1986 for one season, and he, he made me the freshman coach. <laughs> and then I got away from it, and then I, then I threw in with him again, and then I got the gig again. Yeah. But that was year round.
1: Were you training powerlifting at that point
0: for the for the kids? For you. Oh, I yeah, I've been training powerlifting since '79. All
1: right, so were the
2: kids doing? The, the kids are doing just
1: what we do:
0: box squats. Yeah. We won the states the first year.
2: Yeah, he made a difference, no question. <coughs> and uh, it was a great team team effort. And in the meantime, he get he talked me into weight training myself. So uh, I don't know how many years. You know, you can't say that I'm a serious trainer anymore, but for a while. Uh, I worked a lot with Matt. I think my technique is still But okay. what I
0: texted him is you're a pro- big proponent of strength training. Absolutely, yeah. You always were. <coughs> yeah. Ever since I met him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's a guy that sees all this stuff. Right. Obviously.
2: I don't think there's any doubt about it. And I think the techniques that Matt <coughs> has been teaching, that he taught me, helped me a lot in my talking to athletes, you know, how to <coughs> handle big weights appropriately. Properly, so you don't get hurt, and uh, and by doing it myself, I think I learned a bit that you can't learn just by watching. And it's gotta,
1: you know, when you're talking to uh, someone who injured themselves or a young kid. It must, you must be able to talk to them a little bit easier when, or they might appreciate your advice a little bit more knowing that you're squatting, benching, deadlifting. I think there's no question.
2: And, you know, if I...
1: You walk the walk.
2: If You, and you walk the walk. And if you're looking for credibility with them, you know, and you start talking about the proper way to, to squat, then they go, Well, you've never squatted.
1: Cow. Right. Yeah. Well, if, you know, I mean, that's, you know, it's kind of like the planted fitness trainer effect where yeah. you've got these guys who... Yeah, maybe they got a degree in kinesiology, but they didn't spend enough time in the weight room. How yeah. can I listen to yeah, or oh, it's like a a fat nutritionist? So I never, I guess. Yeah, they you never know? even executed it. Right? How it, it's so much. You know, if if you're a kid and you see your physician, you know, in the weights, minding his own business, and then when you hurt yourself, it's the same guy. You
2: you just I feel like that's gonna be better chemistry. I don't think there's any question. It's helped me a lot, and and I think you know I learned a lot from Matt too because he's he's had plenty of experience. With what techniques are right, and he's—I he, don't know how many people you've trained—and so I got to, you know, I got to a little bit of an educate a Dynamax education, didn't I, Matt? Yeah,
0: even we, even before that, we were doing it way yeah. back at his—we he had a gym at his practice. I was training he and a lot of his staff, and uh, he's always been an, a proponent of this, yeah. which I thought was great.
2: And I think I've had some fun over the years taking care of some. Uh, the power powerlifters with their injuries, I I have enjoyed a lot just chatting with people like you at the gym about you know because ke- you're going to powerlift, you're going to get some injuries. Bound to happen. Less so, I think, if you do it right, the way Matt teaches. This uh, guy's strong. He's going, to,
0: not no pun intended. He's going, <laughs> he's going to go a long way. So he knows he's got good technique. He's already about, up around the six hundreds.
1: It, uh, so it's a matter of, one, having the right technique, and I think even bigger than that is the right programming. Yeah. Because you know when you first start going to the gym, you say, okay, well I can bench 200, next week I'm going to try to do 205, the, yeah. week that, do the week after that I'm going to do 210, and the week after that I'm going to do 215, and you hurt yourself. Yeah. And just knowing, I mean, for the first six years of working out, that's what I did. I would try to max out my squat every week, yeah. and I'd blow my back out. And I yeah been just been cre you know yeah I hit a huge plateau for like two years because I would hurt myself and I'd work back up to that same number and try to go five pounds heavier and hurt myself and start over again yeah and then
2: I how come many here- times have we seen that over and over and I think I learned some things for example like uh, submaximal training that Matt taught me about <clears throat> for me personally I wasn't interested so much in competing although I competed in order to do it um. I gained an enormous amount of strength with the submaximal techniques that you you taught me. Oh yeah, he was. I mean, he was yeah. benching
0: around 300 pounds
1: in his 60s. So it's just good. Let's and, and, and 180 pounds. Let's talk about your powerlifting. Uh, your your powerlifting competition <laughs> here. So when when <laughs> did you compete?
2: Uh, when was it that? Uh, that was. Uh, <coughs> I think it was a national meet. Wasn't it in Saco? Saco, and I'm gonna, let me think for a second. It was uh, two. Th-
0: It was 2001 or or 2000. 2001,
2: maybe. 2000 or 2001. Yeah. Where was it? It In
0: Saco. It was at the hotel. There's a hotel down there that we, for several years, they put on the nationals in this Holiday Inn. And I think that was his first, that was the meet he did, was a national meet.
2: Yeah. If I remember right. Yeah, and I, you know, I wore. I had trained a little bit with uh, a little with bit of gear, it was gear just and stuff. just junk. <laughs>
0: you know, he he squatted. Uh, he just missed a 400 deadlift, and he squatted 358, I think.
2: Yeah. So and 250 something bench. And I refused to use chalk because I told Matt that I <laughs> if you have any <laughs> self-respect at all. Watching the guys in the gym, I said, if you have any self-respect, you can't start using chalk and <laughs> stuff like that until you can bench 300 and you can squat 400. And under that, you're just a shaper. It's, uh, <laughs> like, a like, it's like a guy with armbands and, you know, <laughs> wrist wraps and all that. No. <coughs> so I never got to the level where I earned the right to use chalk, right, Matt?
1: No. I, d- I think you <laughs> should, but yeah. I think you yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would... Uh, Maybe skip it on the squatting uh, bench and maybe chalk up a little for the deadlift there. <laughs> yeah. That's funny, I've heard about people not using ammonia, I mean Travis was big about that, you know, not using yeah. ammonia. And yeah. But not using chalk, I think that's the <laughs> first... I'll tell you
2: my other interesting experience at the gym, there was another guy, God rest his soul, Mike Ridge, uh, well, unfortunately, moved away... He's and still on the board I was gonna say, he's on the board, He's got right? one yeah. lift left out there, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he was a great guy and a great lifter and uh first time i ever put on a shirt one night working with matt and and uh mike ridge and uh <laughs> i got the shirt on and, and, and it went down and i got it up and it, it was it hurt like hell, right? It was painful. Oh, yeah. And then I took the shirt off, and I had these red marks, <laughs> and I, I said to Mike, "Wait a minute! I've got these red marks on my shirt, on my arms." <laughs> and I never heard the last of that. Okay. It's like, and Mike threw shut the board. He me. took the board and threw it across. Shut up! You said. remember that? Yeah. He threw the boards across
1: the room. Meanwhile, everyone's got these ridiculous yeah, marks. So yeah. proud of them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. how you know that somebody that yeah. is in a shirt they had it right by the Hood. tricep that's yeah. how you know you're wearing it right all right. right
2: well right. i had it was a baptism by fire i didn't yeah. know it was supposed to hurt
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we got him through it
2: yeah. <laughs> it's good
1: when you get admit those embarrassing gym stories i think it makes it makes it a more fun place yeah, yeah.
2: Well, the other thing Matt criticized me for is after about three weeks and I got to know some of the guys, and <laughs> I come into the gym and I walk in and I go, hey, how you doing go, Hey, what's going on? He said, cut it out. You need a he few came more in like years. he was Joe Weider, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey,
0: what's
1: going <laughs> on? <about? laughs> How's your training now? <laughs> uh, was that just because, uh, like, the physician in you or just you just had to...
2: Something I, else. I have I have no idea. It was just. I think
1: it's part of the good feeling you
0: get when you oh, totally. start training with people.
2: Well, and I, you know, there's a lot of things you can say about the powerlifting community, there, and a lot of them are really good. There's no more supportive group, you know. You're one of them. They they accept you right away, you know, and you become one of them. Yeah.
1: I yeah. When I went to my very first powerlifting meet, it's spectate. That was what stood out the most to me. Was that everyone is cheering for every lift, yeah. like it's a like they're about to break a world record. Yeah. When it doesn't matter if you're benching seven hundred or one hundred, people are screaming. Yeah. That environment is yeah. one of a kind.
2: And then the, then they break down. You know, the meet's over, and at least around here, everybody pitches in and takes some stuff. They did the same thing on the front side, setting it all up. Mm-hmm. It's an amazingly uh, supportive. Camaraderie. Yeah, it's it's definitely a very interesting
1: culture where everyone has the same intent. Exactly. And it's just to get stronger. It might not, whether getting stronger is a thousand pound squat, a 500 pound squat, or a 50 pound squat. That's right.
2: I never felt, you know, with my. You know, low weights. I never felt that uh, anybody thought less of me for what I couldn't lift. They just you know? wanted
1: to cheer you on. <coughs> help yeah, help you
2: get more if you could.
1: Yeah, it's progress that people love to see here. The one thing that I've noticed. I mean, you had a younger uh, female in here deadlifting today. Yep. She, she worked up some good numbers. Yeah, she did. And when she did, people stopped. I, lifting. Saw, I saw you guys. We, yeah. you know, we gave her the. She had the stage, if you will. Yeah. She got it. We gave her a little encouragement to lock it out. A Little I'm, applause. and She back appreciated that,
0: by the way. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no. I mean that's part. You know, me when I first got that coming here, I you don't realize that you're gonna get that. You kind of you know it's the powerlifting dungeon stereotype. Yeah. You know, it could be a little bit intimidating. Right. But then you come in, you're like, well, hell, people here are a lot friendlier than they are at the Fitness Factory. I was just gonna
0: say what they have is a, is a feel from the big box gyms.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, the big box well, big box gym etiquette. Headphones in. Yeah. Don't no talk, eye contact. No help. Don't talk to me. Yeah. Don't ask me how many sets I have left. Oh, really? It's yeah. weird. It's very strange. And that's how I kind g- of, grew up, but like yeah. when I first started going to the gym, that was the norm.
2: Well, I've been lucky because I've been in these smaller gyms because I, I haven't had the experience that very much. I what I saw yeah. was, we uh, you know, a lot of encouragement. Everybody's offering. They won't offer you help unless you want it, but, you know, they Right,
1: but no will. there's no problem with it. <laughs> or like, you know, if you see somebody who you know is new and they're just yeah. not doing something correctly and you don't want to see them hurt themselves, or maybe they're having a hard time getting the bar into the squat rack or something, you at least put yourself out there and say, hey, can I help
2: you with that? And they might say no,
1: but they might say yes, too.
2: And, and to this day, and I haven't been for a few months, but to this day, if I come in and, and haven't been around very much, Somebody'll come over and offer to spot.
0: Always, Always,
2: right? Always. <clears throat> or they'll ask you, hey, will you come over and spot this, you know. I it's a it's a unique community and I've I really enjoyed the ability you know, the ability to sort of be a part of that. Yeah, you know, the I, last time I
1: saw you here, you spotted me for I think I think that was my biggest sleeve squad to date. It's only four sixty five. But I was just feeling it that day, and it was just... I think you two were the only guys in the gym yeah. training. Yeah. I needed a spot, and yeah. y- you were uh, willing to help. Even it's though a good th-
2: thing you didn't lose the weight. Because <laughs> 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 you need to be stronger in spot. <laughs> yeah,
0: what I was going to say to him is, and you can probably run with this all the women that are getting into it, and all the work he did with the women's soccer, but all the women that are powerlifting.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah okay. that's a huge... Uh, I mean, there's there's definitely like a strength revolution going on, and I think that it's hitting the female culture even harder because I mean, obviously, stereotypically, females are more concerned with what they look like. Yeah. And for the longest time, it was skinny. I want to be skinny.
2: Yeah,
0: want that's to, that's going want out be. the window, you know. Yeah. people it want is. to be strong yeah. now. They
1: want to be. Yeah, they
0: want to be strong. And I don't know if you know, but we put on a a women's only meet in March.
1: Did you know that? No. And, and there we're, were probably, what, 15 competitors, 20 competitors? 18 women,
0: the first ever women's state powerlifting championship. Wow. And so, anyway, I'll just go, do a quick shout-out. Looking at probably mid-March again, ladies. For another so, all-women's meet? Absolutely, number two. That, was, meet. A, that was a great As soon as out. I know more, I'll, I'll let you know more.
2: That's
1: awesome. Good. Yeah.
2: Well, and you've had some good uh, women powerlifters in
0: this gym. Wonderful, wonderful women powerlifters in the gym and in the state. So, but it, it, you, you, I think I just thought you'd be interested. to Know how big it's gotten for women.
2: Now, if I could offer some sort of what I've learned medical advice. Yes. Uh, and I've learned this by watching. Uh, I think technique. You alluded to it. If you if you look at runners, I've taken care of a lot of runners over the years. Eighty percent of running injuries are running injuries are training errors much mileage too soon they make mistakes in training most of the injuries don't have to do with something wrong with your alignment or this or that it's sa- same in the sport training errors and i see it over and over and over again particularly among people who get too excited about progressing too quickly i think you've got to train for three or four years to get a good base mm-hmm. before you want to start doing too heavy weights and I mean, you alluded to it in your own training. It's so tempting to try to keep...
1: Especially in the beginning. Yeah, When you first start getting the taste of,
2: maybe I am a
1: little bit stronger than the next guy, or maybe I'm a little bit faster runner than the next guy or gal. And you're like, let's, let's really push it. And then boom, you hurt yourself. And that's where I'm sure a lot of people get discouraged too. They're like, well, man, I can't get past a 365 squat. That's Maybe because then they,
0: they took those big j- globs of weight exactly, and then it doesn't happen after right. that. So
2: no, and I think sometimes you know uh, I can't prove this, <clears throat> and I'm not an authority, but I think sometimes you have to back off. Uh, rest is as important as the positive stimulus of, of you know really challenging your muscle. And I think if there's anything that probably happens in the weightlifting communities, they don't rest enough. You have to be willing for example if you take a great swimmer or a great track athlete they can't peak every 2 months you know they they can only peak a couple times a year uh, depending on their training techniques and what have you and I think patience in this sport is probably really important you you you're not going to get big lifts once you get up toward your maximum you're not going to get big lifts every especially time you when want you're dealing
1: one. with yeah. 500, 600, 700 pound orders of magnitude because that just takes such a bear on you
0: well you, you also have a, there's a physiological and a psychological you sometimes you just say well I, you know I can't do that again right now yeah. maybe you could physically yeah but you can't draw it out
1: yeah well how, I was gonna ask you this because I've heard a different number from different people how many times per year do you think you're truly at a peak if, 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 assuming that you train correctly well I mean
0: Previous to these these injuries I've had over the last few years, I could go maybe twice a year.
1: Yeah, that's what I, that's the number I've heard. Two or three times a year. Yeah,
0: beyond that, I mean, you guys can probably do two or three right now, but I wouldn't recommend it.
1: No, and I think that's why it's good to do two meets in a push pull, anything like that. You but know, beyond that, you're you're asking. And maybe the push pull yeah. is kind of just like a, it's a much more relaxed yeah, or training day. Yeah, it,
0: yeah, you it, train it, through it, it inside a
1: competition, but
0: beyond that, you're asking for problems. He'll tell you that.
2: What's the, in general? What's the most challenging lift? Squat. You mean for for most people?
1: I, well, I'd say that deadlift takes the most out of you.
0: I think the deadlift is the best test of overall strength. I think the the more athletic the person, the better the squatter they are. And I don't know what to tell you about the bench.
1: For me, benching is. I'm always the most sore after benching, just because the way that powerlifters bench, in particular, with an arch. And we go really, or, you know, wide. We use a lot of. It's, it's a full body movement yeah. where a lot of people might only bench just to develop chest and triceps. Me personally, benching kicks my ass. Mm-hmm. It's tough. I mean, I was after uh, the push pull, I, I went two for three, and on the third attempt, where I was real, you know, I I pressed it, but I kind of stood up with it and, it, and I maybe had a little downward momentum that made it not count, but oh my god, I felt like I was compressed. Mm -hmm. And I had to really wiggle myself out before I even started to warm up the deadlift. I felt, I mean... Yeah, so I, you know, I think if you looked,
0: I bet if you looked at the top squatters, you'd find they were athletic somewhere in their past. And then the strongest overall people were probably the deadlifters. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't know about benching. Hard to Mm -hmm. be hard to... Hard to say.
1: Yeah. What's funny about benching, especially with guys, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of guys who can just bench a lot because that's what they wanted to do. When I think were that's high a good school. point. You know, how much the you bench?
2: I don't think it's as painful a training.
1: The, the bench. bench. Absolutely. That's.
2: It's, it's not as tough to get people to train on that list. It's
0: much easier to say, let's go bench tonight.
1: Yeah, then let's go good squat. <laughs> Am I right? Yes.
2: <laughs> I think the squat and the deadlift. That's a challenge. Yeah, that's a challenge. It's not. It's not as fun.
0: It's. i was just gonna say it's not as fun. So if you're not like us, you're know, not gonna
1: do oh, it. Oh no! I mean, when you <laughs> first start, when I first started lifting weights, I would bench every day because yeah. it was fun. I thought that that's what you were supposed to do because yeah. it's you know the king of the lifts, and I thought that you that's what everybody did. You go in, you bench, you do some buys and tries, you go home, calf press, yeah. and you get out of there. But you gotta. I think
0: you've done that band, you've squatted with the bands on the bar and the chains. So if you enjoy that, something's not quite right. Oh right. yeah. You gotta Right. It's a special breed. So yeah. but bench pressing everybody. You're right. Good yeah. point. That's yeah. a good they point. They like it. Yeah. Yeah. There's something not quite right if you
1: That's why we all get along together. He's done he's done all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. You like you've done the accommodating resistance. He's done the stuff. dark
2: side. Yeah. Matt tries to try to I after a while would resist his attempts to pull me to the dark side and I say, no, let's just do it.
0: He's meat and potatoes. He doesn't like the, <laughs> the, 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 all the stuff. Yeah. The, the I, special I, bars. And
2: and the you and know, the little things. And I, you know, there's something about this sport too that I, and I'm sure all of you struggle with it too. It's like, there's probably uh, the equipment is good, but the equipment adds so much of a dimension sometimes, especially that shirt. Oh
1: yeah, as far as uh, it changes
2: yeah. the performance by forty percent or something like that, Could right? Even more.
1: And with powerlifting gear, absolutely. Yeah, you know, bench shirts and squat suits and yeah, knee wraps and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, you see the uh, you know thousand pound bench presses, yeah. you know that like Dave Hoff mm-hmm. and yeah. those. Yeah.
2: But I think you can't avoid it, can you? Because Let's say you're a naturally strong guy and you're really strong raw, right? There's no, there are only a few raw meats you're going to want to go to before you want to get bigger numbers with equipment, right?
1: Well, it's mm-hmm. interesting because I think that that was probably how the culture started. and It's, it's shifted. It's You've shifting been, to raw now. It's
0: shifted to raw.
1: but It has. But yeah, it when, has. Yeah, now the majority of competitors, even in the APF, which is... Yeah, we don't
0: get much geared lifters anymore. Really? Although I see it coming around a little bit.
1: I think with this West Side documentary,
0: yeah. it's gonna
1: maybe do a
0: little. It's flip-flip. coming around a little bit, but I, you know, I, I can't. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to go on without it, so I'm, I, yeah. I, I'm not in the conversation. I think
1: that the longevity piece of it, because I think you could, could probably compete raw for a long time before. Well, you can only compete raw for so long. Yeah, and I think, I mean, Maddie, you've been powerlifting yeah. since the '70s. Yeah. So here is a piece of that.
0: I'm not in the conversation, raw. I can't. I not I wouldn't be able to do
1: it. Yeah. What's interesting too is I think raw is a lot more just brute strength, where yeah. there's a lot, a lot of technique that goes into gear lifting. So if you
0: can master the gear, so to speak, that's a that's a big component of it. Yeah, but you've got to have
1: good technique. to Oh look no, raw. It, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's at the higher level, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to push a bench press off your chest with someone right. who's got proper yeah. form and beat them, outperform them. Um, when we were talking about. Uh, you working with the, the athletes in the 80s.
2: And then, so when, when was the last year you worked at Portland? Um, well, I did Portland for, from 1980 through about 2000, 27 years, I think it was, 28 years, something like that. So
1: 2008, 2007? A little bit
2: longer than Mike Bailey. I, I exceeded his tenure by about a year or two. He was a head coach. And so... Uh, I'm going to say we finished there about 2013, maybe something like that. Something
1: like that. He was gone. Yeah. So in the era of participation trophies, how has, you know, nowadays everybody gets the, you know, oh, good job, you got last, but here's a trophy. <laughs> uh, you know, so you see that a lot in t-ball <laughs> yeah, and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. How, how, I mean, obviously, I guess, how do you have you seen the athletes change, the, the young athletes change from in the 80s where it might have been a little bit more cutthroat a little bit less pc you know let's just get the work in let's do it to 2013 everybody's going to be nice and everybody's going to be
2: I, I have a couple of thoughts uh and i think they're pretty i think they're pretty correct one of them is the great athletes are going to be great athletes no matter what they do and i hear a lot of talk about you know if you're a soccer player and you can you you get in all these programs and their parents want to buy you coaching and so forth my friends who are Division One coaches or national team coaches tell me, if a kid's got it, he doesn't need all that shit. Of course. I mean, he may benefit a little bit, but he or she. But if they've got it, and I certainly would say that with the women's national team, the Mia Hams and all those, those people had it. I'm they sure had you can tell by that. Superior athletes and superior attitude goes with it, right? Because we've all seen great athletes who don't have a great work ethic. You've got to have that work ethic too. So what about all the rest of the people that do that? All these coaching clinics and all this extra trying to make their kids into great athletes. Maybe they can help them a little. It's certainly probably worth it to them to try to improve a little bit. But the real professionals and the real stars are going to be stars, no matter what you do with them.
0: The kids that are going to go to Division One, what it doesn't matter what the sport is, is what he's saying. Yeah, oh yeah. You can go to every camp in the world. Genetics are huge,
2: and you yeah, and atti- real- he said
0: attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Attitude, oh, yeah. too,
2: You got to have discipline. Well, you know, one of the things that I've seen along the way, we all know the stereotype of the wrestler who absolutely won't co- quit. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have to break his arm off yeah, for right. to quit. It takes a lot of that to play professional football, professional hockey. They're these incredibly mentally tough people. Now I heard the same thing said about Joni Benoit, a runner. Incredibly mentally tough. Whereas whereas most of the rest of us, and I certainly count myself this way, at some point you're gonna raise your hand and say I'm out. These people won't say they're out. Ever.
1: Right. Ever. They got the muster. Right, Matt? I think so. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, I guess there that there's like a 1% for each. You have a 1% athleticism at the top and a 1% discipline and muster and just the willingness to do the work. Oh, wow. Do you think it I mean, I guess you use the word attitude instead of discipline. So, cuz I mean you could be well disciplined, but have a shitty attitude.
2: <laughs> I think that's right. But I, uh, there's another well, that's thing. That's a point. <laughs> there's another thing that folds into this, and I've heard this said by some other people who know. You take some of those women uh, soccer players that I knew personally. <clears throat> you couldn't get them not to practice.
1: You got to tell them to take days off.
2: They loved it so much. They loved to train. They loved practice. Mm-hmm. It was like it's play for them. It's joyful. And it doesn't, for a lot of those great ones, practice is not, and I don't think there's one formula for everybody, I don't mean to say this for all of them, but there's some, a percentage of those great athletes, they love to train. They love, love it, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I like, but they like the process.
2: They love the process, yeah, absolutely. And I've seen it here in the gym, Some people just love, you're kind of one of them, Matt, I think you love to train. Right? I, know. I, I, I know. When
1: I saw that, that it's a very good point because you've got some ankle health, leg issues right now. And while the rest of your team was doing, you know, five plates plus 200 pounds of band tension, you're still working out with them, but doing five sets of ten with the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that says a lot. Just the fact that, you know, you could have just, ah, maybe I'll take the night off. Yeah, I'm but, not but nope. And I'm sure you've probably done that
0: <laughs> many times.
1: <laughs> but he'll probably tell you. I don't know about those women.
0: I, mean, I suppose it cost them something along the line, personally or physically or something. I mean, it's cost me a lot. Yeah. yeah. Personally and physically. Yeah, yeah.
2: I think so there's another lifter. I think there's another lifter who's now he's my age, <coughs> in this town, who was a very prominent lifter over the years, and he used to deadlift, Matt, right? Yeah. And he absolutely would not give up on that lift. You right? can tell his name. Marty Joyce. Mr. Marty Joyce. Yeah. And he's you to watch him deadlift was almost painful because it looked like he was going to explode, but he would not drop the weight.
0: And it would come up. He just would yeah. never stop pulling. You've met him, you know him. Oh yeah.
1: Him. Yeah. He uh he still
0: got I think it's the eleventh best deadlift ever. Really? Yeah. What was it? Seven thirty eight at Hundred and seventy
1: nine pounds.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Wow. But he's paid I mean he's had issues,
1: health issues. Yeah. Uh, he, he offered to give me a pair of knee sleeves but they were like 12XL or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: He was big. And, he, he was, was big really not, he was, uh,
1: but what's, what's funny though, so when you, I think it was the woman's meet that I met him. Yeah. We all come in, we're helping you rearrange stuff and he just starts talking to you like uh yeah. Well, he got me friend. into this. He's the guy that got me into this. Really?
2: Yeah. He was a pioneer in, in his yeah, day, he wasn't was. he? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Well, you
0: saw that little article outside the door. That's him. He won the, he won the Mr. New England physique and the, New England Powerlifting Championship on the same day. The same day? Yeah, it's it's right outside the door here. it will never be, nobody
1: will ever do that. I've heard of uh, a few people, they'll do, uh, well, there's this guy that I uh, follow on Instagram, Corey Gregory. I've talked about him a bunch of times on this podcast. He started Muscle Farm. He's done, he called it the muscle trifecta. So on a Friday, he does a bodybuilding meet. Yeah. Uh, The next day, right after he gets off stage, he's carping up for Mm -hmm. a powerlifting meet. Yeah, yeah but he gets to weigh in right the day that he's cut. Yeah. And then so he does a uh, bodybuilding meet, powerlifting meet, and then the last day he does a Olympic weightlifting. Really? Run. Yeah. So that's Holy a drive factor. Yeah. Exactly. <coughs> but did he win them all? I don't think so. Yeah. I think I think about what the physique and yeah. then you got to imagine that you're you're depleted. Of course. Or, I, I, yeah. I don't know how you could do it. I don't know how you could do it. Yeah. <coughs> so uh But
0: there's a price to pay. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah.
1: What's uh But I wouldn't give it up. Have you, Doc, sustained any uh, injuries yourself from lifting no, or you your athletics? Could say,
2: yeah, I have, but nothing really serious. And you probably could attribute that to the fact that I didn't train that hard. You know, uh, I think you have to be on near the edge to to get serious injury. I, I, I haven't. I've been lucky, but I, you know, I know all the ways that you can do it because I've been through it with you. I, I think some, one of the reasons that I was able to squat without getting hurt is you taught me very early on. There are really awful ways to squat. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to be careful, right? Yeah, he started on a box, like like I told you.
0: Everybody else. Yeah. yeah
2: and, and you're he,
0: squatting over 300 in his 60s at 180 pounds. I mean, yeah. I don't know if it sounds like a lot or not, but it is.
1: Well, that, that's, I mean, just the fact that you have the that you want to get that at that age, you know? I think that that's awesome. Where have you been? I haven't seen you, I mean, the
2: last time I saw you was when you spotted we me, spotted it, yeah, and yeah. that was like eight months ago. I think it's a decent question. I don't know how <laughs> <laughs> <I answer. laughs> It's a very legitimate question, and I sit here, and I'm in this room, He's, you know, there's his equipment, right? and I'm hanging <laughs> with you guys, and my equipment's right here, and I'm thinking, shit, I missed this, right? I missed the Are you energy? feeling that? I missed the energy. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's just good energy. I don't miss the music, <laughs> the head-banging music I could do without, and this is where Matt and I uh, differ, well, Matt, <laughs> well, no, Matt no, thinks no. it's essential Now wait left.
0: minute. It's essential, but he, they already interviewed me about this, right? Yeah, about the ACDC. Yeah. I, I can't
2: deal with that, you know?
0: I just said it's necessary. I didn't say. I didn't think.
2: And Hit the Meets, he makes sure that he has this music. And by the time I'm there keeping score, you know, on this spreadsheet, and I can't think straight.
0: He went in another room and did it. <laughs> yeah, because. <laughs> so you got earplugs
1: in there? There's something.
2: only so much of that you can listen to before your IQ starts to fall. <laughs> 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 oh man! <laughs> Don't you think, Matt? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we're still here. That's why we. <laughs> oh God! So, do
1: you? What would you prefer to listen to? <laughs>
2: well, something you can, uh, something that you can hum later on. <laughs> I, I think that's. I, I think that's pretty much it, right? If you can't hum it. Or whistle? Yeah. Can we whistle it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That might be the only uh, answer like that we get to that question. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> you, can you never off. see you
2: anybody in these powerlifters yeah. saying, well, what was that music they <laughs> played during the meet? <laughs> he said, well, I'll hum it for you. <laughs> You mean you don't whistle that later <laughs> when you leave? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well. I don't know. Well. These are just my observations. That's all right.
0: right. As, as <laughs> long as you get a couple of workouts, then you're okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, next time we see you
0: then... I'll be back. Now, there was one... You had some military service. He U.S. Didn't, Navy didn't talk about, and there was a you protected an area of Washington, didn't yeah.
2: you? Well, it was a suburb. A suburb, you might say. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Ritchie Highway. <laughs> connects, the Ritchie Highway connects Annapolis to Baltimore. Yep. Never got breached the whole time I was there. It was secure, yep, wasn't it? Very secure. Yep. Yeah.
0: He was in the U.S. Navy. Yep.
2: What year was that? Seventy-eight <laughs> uh, to eighty. I, in order to be the team physician at the Naval Academy, I had to be a naval officer. <laughs> So you, you might say I came in, <laughs> I came in the easy way, <laughs> since they made me a lieutenant commander to come in. So that's like a major in the But
0: that highway was one hundred percent secure. Oh yeah, yep.
2: Yeah. But I, you know, it, in all seriousness, it was a privilege to work at the U.S. Naval Academy for those, for that period of time, and see how that system worked, and to see what kind of men and women they, you know, they produced. I really felt like, and I got a good college education, but I really felt like uh, it would have been an honor to, or it really would have been a positive experience to go through that four yeah, years. I know. They're ama- it's amazing what they what they can do and what they go through. I was, know? and
0: I, I was think. down there one, not with you, but I was down there one time outside of there, and mm-hmm. they, it it's, it is. Yes, sir. I you feel make, like it's going to... Excuse gonna, me, sir.
1: Yeah, the, the discipline
0: and the... In Annapolis. I was down there in Annapolis. The morning.
1: discipline and the etiquette that you get from that must be one of a kind. It's just it, called it, respect. It, it, there's it not is, much around anymore.
2: Yeah, it's, there are a few environments left, and that's one of them. And I don't mean to... Uh, West Point's exactly the same, and the Air Force Academy, I'm sure, is the same. Uh, the Marines don't have a, a college situation, but they have all the discipline. It's... Um, it's a sight to behold you know I, I have nothing but respect you know for what they what they can do and they give it
0: <coughs> they give they they're just res- it's just respectful yeah what you
2: get you I, one of the things that people say well, what, what how would you describe it one of the things i would say is you know you have to go through all this hazing so you know they make you remember things you have to memorize stuff you have to recite things you have to sing songs you have to do all of this hazing all the time
1: stuff I'll hold like a matchstick before it gets to your finger and burns you yeah, stuff like that <laughs> you name it
2: everything and what what uh, I I thought the secret to success there was the kids that really succeeded will had the attitude I can do any of that shit you throw at me now what else do you want me to do
1: thank you sir may I have another
2: <laughs> yeah what else can I do right Yep. they, they don't let it throw me, you know and I see so many examples on the outside of the military where people are whining about, you don't know, treat me right, or, you know, I'm not getting the respect. You earn respect. Absolutely. Yeah, I think you, you earn it more. by giving it. And by giving it, that's right. And the people who are the most respectful of other people, I think, are the people who've, who learn those lessons themselves. You know, it's like they are uh, they give it as readily as they want it. It's <clears throat> one
0: thing in society it's Dwindling me. away. It's tiring me. It's this disrespect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: I can deal with almost anything else. Yeah. But anyway, thanks an awful lot, Doc.
2: My pleasure.
0: You know, we laugh a lot, folks. He's been a, one of the best friends I've ever had. So, thank you, Doc. Can
2: I hit you with one more? Thank
1: one you. more question? Yeah, go you got ahead. Got it? You yeah. sure? You sure? I'm prepared. All right. In the last two years, or well, the last few years, let's say, what is Two things that you've learned that oh, yeah. you think everyone should know. Wow, he, he hits everybody with that. So,
2: one of them is uh, when you get older, uh, the young bulls don't just want to run you out of the herd; they want to kill you, and you have to be prepared for that and not take. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is, and you can't overreact to that, right? <coughs> and. Uh, the other is you're 100 percent responsible for your own happiness. You can't you can't get it from the external environment, and you have to learn what it is that makes you happy, and then you have to pursue it, and it's your job to nurture it. And the last thing I would tell you is, and, I, and don't don't quote me as an expert, <coughs> meditation is one of the most powerful things that I know about, and I think anybody can learn it. Anybody can master it. It isn't even about mastery. It's just about doing a it. practice. It's just about practice. It's the process. <clears throat> and you learn to control your mind. And you learn that thoughts come and go. And you don't have to get involved with every last one of them.
1: You know? Well, that was a solid that's, answer.
2: That's about the best answer we've got. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right.
0: I forgot to warn you about that. He hits everybody <laughs> with that.
2: <laughs> My pleasure. Hey,
0: we really appreciate yeah,
2: it. I, now you make me want to come back. I gotta come back and train with you. Come back, yeah. 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 Join the group.
0: Well, all right, folks. You got the meet date, November 11th and 12th. We'll have everything out uh, online as soon as we can. We'll have a physical entry as well. Thanks an awful lot, Doc.
2: My pleasure. Yep. See you guys. You're the way care. Come to train. Yeah. You know your right. way out from here. That's the other thing. I, I have a feeling if I come back, I'll be welcome. It's no problem, right? Of course. Of course. That's so, the powerlifting community,
1: right? That's right. Thanks again. Okay. Uh, Anything else? Oh, just uh, thank you for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Share it on SoundCloud. Share it on iTunes. Share it on Facebook. Tell someone about the podcast. And uh, thanks and check our website. The products are there. The t-shirts are being bought already on there.
0: The, The belt is on there. Uh, the drinks are on there, I think. If you want, okay, a, case of, if you want a case of protein drinks, it's discounted. Right, nice. 12 to a case. I've seen the shirts. They're nice, high quality. Shirts are nice. The meat, one more time, November 11th and 12th, right here. Uh, we probably will not have the guest I talked about then, but we're, I think we're going to have a big guest for that women's
1: meat. I think we're going to have a big turnout, too. I've seen a lot of response for that. Okay. So, that's great. Thanks again, everyone, and good night. We'll see you next week.